All right, thanks for tuning in to Keo Conversations. I believe we're at episode number 15 now. So thanks to everyone who's been following along from the very beginning. And to the newcomers to the show, my name is Mark Champagne, and I unpack the stories and mental fitness practices of people living at the top of their game personally and professionally. So today we have Carl on the show, who is a holistic physiotherapist with over 15 years of experience transforming the lives of others through aligned movement. We do dive into what aligned movement is in, in, in great detail in the show, but basically she's an expert in connecting the mind and body through movement. It's, uh, it's a really exciting conversation and loaded full of practical exercises that can have immediate effect on our mind and body. So enjoy the chat. And of course, if you're enjoying these conversations, please give us a little bit of love wherever you're listening with those lovely stars or a written review. The podcast also would not be possible without the support of Keo, which is our daily reflection app. All of these incredible guests end up in the app to help guide you through your reflection. So take it for the spin. It is in the Apple App Store. All you have to do is search KYO. Thank you so much for tuning in. And as always, have the best day yet. All right. So, Carla, who are you? <laughs> uh, so, I think who are you is such a difficult question to answer because uh, I feel like today everyone's sort of identified with what we do. Yeah. So, when you say who are you, people tend to say, I am Carla, I do this and this and this. Yeah. Uh, who am I? Essential to, is a person filled with love, trying to do my work uh, with love and help people identify love in their life. And I do it all through understanding the body. Um, I'm an Australian, but I live in New York uh, and I've lived here for 10 years. Um, and I am a mix of the past 35 years of everything that my life has brought me to right now. So everything I am is a, a mixture of many things. I love that. <laughs> Aren't we all right? That's, that's a great, uh, a great way to put it. Mm. And, and that's why I asked that question. Cause you're, you're, you're totally right. I mean, uh, people often identify with their, with their career or their work. Right. But there's, there's so much more behind uh, a question like that on, on who you are. So thank you. For, for sharing that. <laughs> so, so let's chat a little bit about, about your path. So you've, you've been in New York for about 10 years now. People, mm -hmm. I should, I should state that people are going to start thinking that this podcast is based in Australia because of the accent. I think I've got about at least four people and more to come that are uh, from Australia. So it's funny how the, the world works <laughs> like that. But wow. so, so what brought you to New York? Um, well, I guess most people move countries and a love story is involved. Mine's not dissimilar. Um, but I was, I was young. So what was I? 24, 25. And I was working as a physiotherapist in Australia and both of the private practices I was working at had both asked if I wanted to buy into the practice and I kind of freaked out because I thought, 
if I do that, like, I don't see how much higher I can get. Like that puts me in the highest role in the practice. Sure. Who do I then learn from? And, and what, it just felt like I was reaching the top of the ladder too soon. Um, so something didn't feel right about that, although it was highly enticing and comfortable. Um, but there was just, I mean, I cannot tell you that, that when, when a decision for me is a no brainer, it's when my whole, everything, my body, my mind is just, it's telling me to do it. And this was like, you know what? You got to leave Australia. Actually, you don't take this role. You actually, you got to leave Australia. (laughs) And I didn't know what that meant, but I just started to look at where else I could work. And my first option was Dubai because I thought, let me make, let me make some tax free money. That would be good. (laughs) And, you know, then I did a little research and I realized that that wasn't the kind of work that was going to fulfill me there. And also the salary was very little. (laughs) So I was like, okay, even if that's tax-free, that doesn't make sense. Um, And then there was a romantic link with somebody in LA. And so we decided to explore it a little further. And so I set off to LA for three months to, to immerse in this relationship and see if it was worth pursuing. And amazing. what unveiled in, in LA was really the beginning of, of what's now unfolded in New York. So I had no intention of moving to New York. It wasn't like a lifelong, like a childhood dream or anything. Um, but I, as I was in LA, I, there's just everything aligned and I got offered a job in New York. Um, and it wasn't working out with the guy in LA. And so I thought I'll go that way. Um, but you know, my studies with teachers, uh, finding other teachers who inspired me really began in LA. I, I, I found a studio. I was a, I always combined clinical Pilates with my physiotherapy. So I was okay. always connecting the movement with my hands-on treatment. And I'd been certified by Australia's top guy in Pilates. And it was very clinically um, driven in Australia. And then I went to LA, which is very like, let's look at our bodies and make sure everybody looks beautiful. And I found this Pilates class that was totally um, – skewed towards just making your booty all taut and your muscles, you know, nice and lean. But this formula that this class used was brilliant. I was like obsessed and I was like, wow, what is this? And I'm like, there's nothing like this in Australia. Who is the man behind this? And and so I sought him out and paid him money and said, I'm going to work one-on-one with you. Teach me. And uh, And so that's how that started. That was, I guess – more than 10 years ago now. Um, and what I worked out was he actually didn't know more than me. He was just a really good businessman. Okay. And he had had put together such a great system that was scalable and all of that, which was something I'd never thought of. Um, but I started to infuse that with my the clinical aspect of my Pilates so that I then had something that when people were working with me, I mean, they loved it because they were – getting their body stronger and healthier through Western medicine clinically, but also getting the benefits of the way I had sequenced the class 
very similar to this other class that allowed for toning and all these effects to be taking shape in your body. Hmm. And with that under my belt, I, I moved to New York to take this job, but came in as their as their Pilates specialist and and brought over this guy, the guy who I was working with in LA. He had engineered a Pilates bed that was unique in the market. Nobody had it. And so we were the first ones to get it over in New York. And um, so that became my little baby uh, here in New York. And uh, at the time, turned down the rights to 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 roll out his studio in the in New York, um, which I shall share with you now. Twelve or thirteen years later, somebody did take the rights, and it's a booming business. <laughs> oh. <laughs> She's making lots of money. Sure. Um, but it wasn't my path. It, it wasn't, it, I knew I was always going to be Scott. I couldn't just practice somebody else's work without it being my own. Yeah. Um, and so anyhow, that's how I got to New York and I started working here. Yeah. Amazing. Well, thank you for sharing all that. I, I definitely have questions because, uh, from the very beginning, it seemed like your gut feeling or your intuition it has been something that, that guided you from the beginning, right? From the first move and basically brought you to New York as well, right? So mm-hmm. is, you know, going back to that time, how was that developed? Is that something that was always there? Because a lot of people talk about it, right? And, and even myself going through this journey, I find myself following my, my gut a little bit more and more, but it's been, a, mm-hmm. it's been an evolution, right? Um, so I'm curious to see, like what has formed that strong intuition for you? And most importantly, um, allowed your, yourself to believe that, okay, there, I can feel it here. Like you said, your whole body is, is kind of pointing toward one direction and you actually follow it. Mm-hmm. So that, in, that intuitive perception has been far more refined uh, since I've been living here in New York because I started meditating I can talk about that also a bit later, but prior to that, I wasn't, I wasn't meditating. And I, I, I always, that, that feeling of, it was a deeper feeling. It was beyond the level of my mind. So I would often be in conflict, you know, in a little verbal argument with myself because there was something coming that felt deep sort of deep in the gut that it was like, this is what you should be doing. And then on the level of the mind, my very rational, logical thinking Virgo mind would be like, no, 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 that doesn't make sense. And so, um, and I, you know, it's only through meditation where I've started to understand the layers of things and understand how that, that, that intuitive, intuitive perception that intuition comes from a deeper sense of being yeah. and that, that thinking level that we get stuck on is a lot of our conditioning. And so being young, I think when I, when I was making that decision to move also helped because there was more of a fearlessness to my decision-making when I was in my early twenties. Sure, sure. <laughs> so, you know, at 34, five, would I just pack up and move country and start fresh? I think the chances would be far less. Yeah. Um, So back then, I think there was maybe a little bit of naivety involved as well. But it was like, it's an undeniable, 
it was an undeniable feeling. And so I want to go back to that word feeling. And that's how I am guided by intuition is it's a feeling. It's not a, it's not a, it's not a thought. It's a, uh, yeah. Does that make sense? It, no, it does. And it, and you, you brought up a few really good points. And I think it's, it's interesting that you're kind of refining that feeling again, right? From it's almost coming full circle, but you know, mm-hmm. for myself and I, you'll, I mean, you'll see this too, as, as you're a, uh, a new mom to be, um, it's, you know, we start off in this world with zero judgment, right? When we're born and, uh-huh. you know, babies and everyone's just excited to, to learn and you're open to all this stuff. And then as you keep going, you get older and older, you see it in school, right? Like the, the hands that shoot up as, as questions are posed in class, as the years go, there's less, there's fewer and fewer hands, right? So it's, it, uh-huh. it's interesting how that happens. And then I feel like, having, you know, having spoken to quite a few people for, for the, for the podcast and for Keo, it's like people hit a wall at one point. Right. And, and, and you, you get to this point enough's enough. Like I, I want to get back to that childlike mm-hmm. curiosity and, and lack of fear and all this stuff. So I'm glad you brought mm-hmm. it up because I, I definitely would love to chat about, you know, your work. And then again, obviously the, the meditation component to, like how you're incorporating that for, for you, obviously, personally, but then for, for your clients. Because mm-hmm. um, from our past chats, um, I know you're working with some, some really incredible people that are in some pretty high-profile jobs and companies. Mm-hmm. And, you know, how are they incorporating this kind of stuff in, into their day? Or, or what's your, your main goal with, with some of these clients? Mm-hmm. Um, also, on that same point of fearlessness, uh, there's, I definitely here have made refining that intuition, um, have made decisions. Like I left my, my secure salary job here in New York to, to work by myself, which a lot of, you know, that's a really big thing to do in a, yeah. Yeah. In a, you know, so I came here and very safe, you know, I had a job where I knew I would be making X amount of money a year. And, uh, but it was sort of like some higher power was telling me that wasn't going to be the way. You were working with the Bruce. Uh huh. Springsteen. Spring, yeah, Springsteen band. <laughs> yeah, yes. Yeah. 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 So, um, so he asked me, uh, Clarence said, what are you doing for the next six months? And I said, well, I don't know. I'm, I'm working. And he said, can you come on tour? Because, my body responds really well to this work and I need this to perform. And so I was like, I don't know, I guess so. So off I went back to my bosses and, and was like, um, can I go touring with the Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band for the next six months? <laughs> <laughs> and they, of course, I mean, it looks great for their, their practice to have, you know, one of their team members on the road. So, you know, they went in and negotiated and then off I went. So I packed the bags and started touring. Wow. And working with um, Clarence, so you know this happened very quickly. So I went from like not not really uh, not being familiar with the states to then then touring with sure. you know, born, born in the USA guys, so touching every state in in yeah. the US. So what were you doing? I was working on Clarence. He was 
like my client. Okay. Um, and so I would be working on his body, giving him exercises. And again, we'll come into uh, how these exercises help someone's mental preparation. Okay. So not only working on the physical, but, you know, inadvertently helping him mentally so that he would get up and, and could perform every night. You know, this was a man who had two hip replacements, two knee replacements, and was struggling to stand up for a four-hour Bruce concert. Wow. Um, and so anyhow, did that and then finished that and, and came back and started working at the clinic again and and then got asked by um, Q-Tip, who's a hip-hop rapper, if I could go on tour with him because he needed help <laughs> with his hip. So, you know, I mean, I was never a like a musician touring physio or anything like that. But once you do something once, people kind of – and you do it with someone who's in a – a uh, high position, then everybody thinks that's what you do. You're the go-to. You're <laughs> so, the go-to. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. So, you know, again, my, my, my bosses basically rolled their eyes and were like, okay, off you go. So then off I went with the tour, did Q-Tips European tour with him, working on um, him. So, you know, again, combining the, the hands-on physical work, retraining his body to help him perform in his optimum. And so when I came back, I, then the alarm bells started going off. Hang on a second. If they're all asking you and you're only getting a little bit of the money, though, because, you know, your job's getting most of it, why don't I have the confidence to go and do it myself? Like, why aren't I doing being independent on this completely? And um, at that point, had established a lot of relationships with doctors here in, in New York and who were very encouraging in, hey, You've got this. Go do it. Um, And so one of the things of um, living in New York is it really makes you hold your ground as to, back to your first question, who you are. Yeah. Who you are and what you stand for. Because if you're not sure of that here, there's very little tolerance for you. You'll easily be just stepped on and pushed out. Sure. Um, and so, you know, in my very early formative years, I was developing that and learning how to really establish who am I? What am I doing? What do I, what do I want to do with people? And, and, you know, this is, I'm so glad I left Australia because I found that here, you know, I got to explore that here. Um, and so, I did. I then went out and started to work on my own and and was really busy, you know. Um, it, it just grew. And so how was I – what was I doing that was different was I found myself in a very unique position here. Firstly, Australian-trained physiotherapists are very, very good. So compared to back then, um, an American-trained physical therapist, Australian ones were more in demand because we we were educated with how to use our hands better and how to diagnose and and treat injuries because in Australia, you can be somebody's first line of treatment, whereas in the States, they need to come through a referral. Um, Gotcha. And so, so, you know, we had to have – very good skills at being able to assess somebody, to diagnose them with a condition and be sure about that to treat them. Whereas here in the States, it's like get an MRI, get an X-ray and then go to therapy. So um, 
I always had that as a as a little added bonus over my American colleagues. And on top of that, I was combining Pilates and movement in a way that wasn't common to physical therapy. I was always very rogue in breaking the rules with I was doing the right thing by the clients and the patients, but it wasn't necessarily what was considered physical therapy. And I was doing this for years and kind of coming up with little things where I was like, oh, this is working, but it's not what I got taught at university. Why is this working? And, you know, you sort of go on your own little um, experimentation or research and try it with more clients who come in with different conditions and start to see there's a pattern. There was a repetition in this and it was getting results all the time. And um I then was immersed very deeply in a lot of Eastern philosophy studies here in New York. I was, I sought out teachers who were teaching movement or, you know, specifically yoga teachers, but who came from very rich background in understanding Daoism or the components of not just looking at physical asana, but understanding how all components of movement are related to your spirituality, et cetera, et cetera. So I sort of went into a deep dive and had started meditating myself, um, which in, in itself was the single most transformative thing I did as it informed the rest of my work. And through exploring that, you know, I met teachers who connected dots for me. I met teachers who I was just in awe of because they seemed to have a formula. They had the answers for what I was doing that I didn't know that I was doing. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Really, it's really fascinating. It, it, it seems like you, you definitely have a lot of courage, right? It, it seems like you're you're always testing new things and layering things on top of you know background practices, and then something new comes up, and and you're not afraid to, to test things out. But I'm curious, mm-hmm. like how, especially when it comes to some of the the Eastern uh, philosophies because it's as we get this uh, on our side as well like how did you how did you work that in how, or I, I guess my question is mm-hmm. when you were tweaking some of this stuff um, mm-hmm. my question revolves around acceptance right and not and not scaring people away with some of the new things that a you were trying mm-hmm. but then now obviously layering on some of the different spirituality uh, components was was there something that you found helped in communicating that? Cause I feel like that is the biggest struggle in this whole, like, let's just chalk it all up to uh, mental fitness and, and, and physical fitness, but just, you know, wellness in, in general, like there's so many perceptions, right. And stereotypes mm-hmm. and, and whatnot. So mm-hmm. I, I love your, mm-hmm. your thoughts on that, Carla. So um, your skills and your technique disperse, Anybody that you're working with, anybody's doubt, if you are skillful and know your techniques, somebody knows that when they walk in to work with you. It's something that it it cannot be faked. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, when you meet a a masterful teacher or something, you know that you're in the room of, you, you know they know what they're doing and particularly their touch informs that. So that's sure. the beautiful, one of the benefits that I have is that my work involves touch and it's just a confidence in your touch. It's a confidence in not being surprised by, I mean, there are so many different things that can happen to the body 
So I get presented with, you know, people like so confused as to where this pain is, what it is. Nothing's confusing to me because it all it all makes sense structurally. Your you your the integrity of your structure, your physical form, within that lies truth. Like it's just very easy to see when somebody is uh, moving their body in their body is telling me what's going on. So the big a big change came, you know, when you start as a a therapist of any sort, but particularly movement therapy or a physiotherapist. There, there are reasons why someone's physical structure breaks down, and that's usually the last line. Like we notice something physical pain only when we've been ignoring all of the subtle levels before it. Yeah, I'd love for you to touch on that. So by the time the person comes to you with this, this physical pain, I'm very well aware that there is something that's triggered it well before that, and I need to understand what that is to have a bigger picture of of how to help this person. But instead of trying to get them to talk that out to me, that's not really why they come to see me. Well, they don't know that that's why they, they, they think they're coming to see me about a physical pain. Little do they know of what else is going to come out of this, <laughs> what out, out of this session. <laughs> Love it. So, so when, um, instead of me trying to elicit verbally what's going on, I, I work on the body. I'll adjust what I need to, to allow the person a greater freedom in movement and a relief of their pain. But then once they're on that mat in front of me and their body moves, it tells me where the breaking down is. And this is where the Eastern philosophy comes in. So there is in, you know, um, there is an understanding of, you know, like look at reflexology. There are points on the foot that relate to different organs in the body. So somebody who touches your feet is going to know that when they touch on X point and it's really tender, they know what organ that relates to and what's what's not um, in har- harmony in your body. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. So I'm now then looking at the, the body from a whole and looking at where does that, does that elbow drop out? Does that wrist break down? What side of that body does what what part the left side of the body relates to something very specific in that person's life as opposed to the right side? So that's where you I start to you ask me about how it layers in to the Western mold, and this is how it layers in for me. So understanding that the left is the feminine side. It's how the person came into the world. It's their heart side of their body. You know, it's their protective motherly nature side. The right side is what we learn and develop and how we step out into the world, putting your best foot forward. So when you start to see just breakdowns in different sides of the body, it informs me of where this problem is. Is this person having something that's, um, they're, they're having a problem actually identifying with the world or is it they're having a problem identifying with their self so I start to have a look at that kind of stuff first and the physiology of someone's body informs their psychology so by me putting someone in in correct alignment while they're moving it's it that already starts to inform their psychology where they start to without me having to ask them verbally what's going on in their life, it actually spews out anyway. <laughs> Does that wow. make sense? Yeah. So is it, it, it's, it, I'm getting the feeling that it's, the effects are almost immediate. 
for your clients? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes and no. Yes and no. In one, I mean, they, it's very evident for them sure. in, in one session, like, oh, okay, I can't <laughs> ignore this. And this relates to this. And this has something to do with this, but it's only with developing the rapport and some more sessions. I mean, if we want to get, if they want to actually really peel away the layers of what's going on. I mean, most of my clients don't leave me. They will stay because they are constantly informed and it's helping them grow and, and helping them fulfill their, their potential. And so they see that the quality, uh, they see the, um, they see the effect of it in their life and that's why they continue. Mm-hmm. Someone can definitely do one aligned movement class and already have great insight into their what, what's going on, like I said, their, with their body and then therefore their psychology. So, yeah. yes. Um, gosh, I feel like I keep deviating from answering your question. Oh, no, this, this is awesome. <laughs> I don't even remember the question anymore. This is, but this is fine. <laughs> it's, it's really fascinating. Yeah, it, it seems like, you know, it, it's most most people start off and I guess people I can relate to this and, and many listening would too is you start off in this kind of repairing mode and then yeah. once that's complete obviously people are seeing the benefits of of the treatments and it like you said goes into more of a I guess more of a preventative/growth stage, right? Exactly. And we could also put in the word there empowering. Mm. So you come in from a repairing or like I need help state of mind. And what I want to achieve with everybody is that they come out with an empowered, an empowered sense of self. Um, So it's really, you know, we often hear about the, the mind body connection. And what does that actually mean because I feel like it's something that's bandied about but without real understanding of what are we talking about when we say that and and so my my job primarily as a physical therapist is to help restore someone's movement and uh, limit their pain right so for me that comes through improving someone's postural awareness because going back to what I said to you before someone's Physiology informs their psychology. Now, there's a reason we talk about good posture and bad posture. Good posture is good, not just because it, it puts your spine into nicer positions and, and helps limit pain in your body. Good posture is good because it is what allows the proper energetic flow in your body. It allows proper prana. It allows you to function at your highest because only through efficient movement of energy in the body do you get clarity, do you get all of these things that help you align with your deepest sense of purpose and continue and live your life in that way. So through increasing the energy, this is what, the, for me, this is what the mind-body connection is. It's understanding the positioning of your body and its ability to impact your mind. Yeah. So through greater self-awareness, through, you know, you have more self-attention, self-acceptance, self-alignment, all of these kind of things to me is generating the, um, is generating self-love, which enables fulfillment in your life and helps you live out what you want to really be doing. <laughs> 
And so, yeah, does that make sense? Yeah, no, it's amazing. I, I'm just, I'm just thinking as you're you're saying all of this that I'm I'm literally just touching on the on the tip of this because before we started recording, we were chatting about the fact that I've got a prompt right in Keo that's from you, and the pack mm-hmm. that you have on uh, a strong body, strong mind. And that prompt just for the listeners is every every day at two p.m. I've got am I slouching is one of one of the questions and the the, the reason I say I, I feel like I'm just you know accessing the tip of that information is I've no so I've had that running for probably three weeks now and mm-hmm. I don't write anything I don't go into the it's literally just no, like a physical change right and. Typically, I'm I am slouching in some way, but I I have noticed <laughs> I, I have noticed the difference that it's not as bad. But what the point I want to make is, and why I say it's just the tip of it, it's unbelievable just how straightening up you immediately feel better. In in and it, it's it's hard to describe, and I'm sure this isn't the first time you're, you're you've heard this. So. I never thought about it from all these different mental perspectives, like what you just described. But as you're saying that, um, that's totally what's been resonating with me is it's, it's not necessarily just straightening up, but I mentally, I don't know, you feel more alert, powerful, like your breathing's better, the the whole nine yards. So yes, yes, it's, yes. Um, and it, it's unbelievable. It's just a small little question like that. So it makes me want to yep. drive from Toronto to New York right now for a full treatment. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a word you use there that was beautiful. You said powerful. And so that's that t- what I was talking about, that empowerment and that feeling of power your sense of power comes from nowhere else but inside of you. We we know that, yet we, we seem to get confused about it as we go about our day-to-day lives. But yeah. there's there's nothing more powerful than knowing yourself. Now, when I'm working with someone, I'm not dropping all of this at when I start. I'm coming sure. from a... <laughs> You know, I'm coming from a physical standpoint. They're here because they're in pain. I'm going to help get you out of pain. So there's so many subtle layers, though, to what I'm doing that they recognize that something different is happening. They know that. (laughs) And 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 so that's the the tying in of the Eastern and the Western, how they're layered. So, you know, we could look we could go down. I don't go down the woo woo track because you know, uh, a lot of people are turned off by alternative medicine. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm lucky that my position is I'm from a Western medicine trained. That's my background. I am medically approved. And so I was always dancing that that line very delicately because, like I said to you, I was trying other things that didn't make sense from the Western model, but I was still within the Western constraints. So I was like, what's, what is this? And we weren't taught this at university at all. And so that's what I meant by finding great masters that helped me inform me of what was actually happening here. And so if I talking in the woo-woo language, we would be talking about chakras, right? Yeah. We all know that there's these spinning energetic circles that are supposed to be down the middle of us. We've all seen those little pictures. Now, if we compare that to like the Western model, at each one of those chakras, there is actually a gland that is essential for our function, our optimal function. So at each level of a chakra is an, uh, is an essential gland in the body. So that model can be flipped to Western in a second, 
right? So it's interesting. There's the thymus, yeah. There's the thymus gland. There's the perineal. There's all these things that are in that line. So when we're talking about posture and alignment. You know, it's inextricably linked with energy. And so, you know, we can be adjusted and joints and muscles released and and moved to help put us into a better alignment so we can be in less pain. But in doing that, we're aligning all those glands for your optimal function, which if we then slip deeper into um, more sort of the, the Eastern model, we're essentially helping you establish your being. And so establishing your, your being is the equivalent of me training your core. Your core muscles sit where that place of being is. <laughs> mm-hmm. I love it. It's, you know, what I'm getting from this, Carla, is it's just, you know, take it's obviously taking a stepwise approach right and and all you know obviously also knowing your your client and your your audience but it's like to me comparing it to you know physical training it would be like approaching someone and just throwing them in ultraman training on session one right i mean let's uh, (laughs) let's dial it back a little bit and start from the beginning but then as things progress then because even myself going through the whole journey with, with Keo and everything we're doing, I, I mean, I've been exposed to so many things and never in a million years I would have thought I would have been interested in or I guess even open to. But it's as you keep, you know, chipping away and, oh, well, that makes sense. It, it just, you almost, you can't, you, you can't run from it or you can't, you can't ignore it, right? But, mm-hmm. you know, five years ago, if someone would have brought all that up, it, you mm-hmm. know, I just, it would have been a different, different scenario. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so uh, with talking about basics, like you're like, you've got to peel it back to the basics. That's what, so I developed the class, the, the Align Movement class to, to, to reach a, a greater audience because I can't see so many people individually. I wanted something that could help more people. And so I was like, how do I get this without working one-on-one with someone? And it was like, hang on, it's easy. You bring them back to establishing base postures because like you said, you go do this Ironman training or whatever, you know, lots of people in in the very saturated fitness space of, of today, people are going and taking classes that are like, yeah, the equivalent of going to do an Ironman straight away. <laughs> and so I was like, well, I need to teach people the base the foundational poses and how to do them right because those same postures or poses are evident in every every training that you go do, any class you take. Sure. So as long as you understand and are aware of the basics and what your body's doing in that, then you're going to train safer, which is always great. But like I said, for me, the more important component is is live to your your true potential. So through through getting the foundations right, the posture right, which really starts with the feet in any movement, you're just awakening the body's intelligence. Energy is intelligence. So we cannot have intelligence without energy. <laughs> so making sure you have that flow or that circuitry working is going to benefit you in whatever your pursuits are. So the way I'm working with people is teaching them 
the basic postures, right? So, you know, it's a, from a very simple level that is helping on, as you now understand, many subtle layers. For sure. It's, it, it's so powerful. I'm, I'm even more intrigued at this point. Um, Let's talk about, <laughs> let's talk about some of the, you know, cause I, I've read this before and this, this relates to the pack that you also have uh, within, within our app, but just having higher energy for longer. What, mm-hmm. what, what, what does that mean to, to you? So not to have these spikes of energy that, you know, we rely on, well, I don't actually drink coffee. I've never drunk coffee. That's not like from a healthy thing. That was just like I grew up and would I grew up in a very Italian family that actually had a coffee company, but I would spit it out. I never liked wow. coffee. That's a, bit, <laughs> that's a big one. <laughs> yeah, and so anyhow, but most people rely today on these um, energy peaks from things like coffee or sugar, or just staying in a state of unsustainable adrenaline, you know, particularly here in New York, we're exposed to that. Yeah. Now, these aren't reliable sources of sustainable energy. Now, you are your best source of energy. So how do we cultivate that? And so when I talk about having higher energy for longer, any energy that comes from yourself is going to be higher than any external source that you're going to for energy. It's more powerful. Makes sense. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. And so then how to sustain that for longer? Well, it's not only um, more powerful, your own energy, as opposed to an external source, it has the ability to uh, sustain longer than an external source, which is going to, to uh, peak very quickly and then go, go down the, down the other way. And so through posture, a lot of people can't sit upright for long periods of time because their back hurt. It actually is uncomfortable for them. And it's because that's a position that they're, they're not used to. Now, that takes time to train. Okay? It doesn't happen overnight. You're building your postural strength. Now, when I say it doesn't happen overnight, because most of the time that people are coming to get things through their body sorted out, it really happens in 30s, 40s, the 50s, the 60s is how old they are, right? So now let's think about, years, exactly. Let's think about how many years they've been relying on external sources for their energy. So when when we're improving their posture, we are now trying to retrain these muscles that have kind of just think of them as dormant. They're all there, but they've gone asleep. Those main postural muscles are asleep in most people because we sit, we're working on computers, we're leaning over our phones. We don't live like we used to thousands and thousands of years ago where we walked upright with carrying water on our heads. You know, we, we don't do that anymore. So what we're doing is, is awakening the sleeping parts of the body and then training them to main training them to stay in that position. So this is where the strength training component of the work comes in, right? I can move somebody's body joints and everything. I can align them with my hands, but then my session is never complete unless you're using your body to sustain what we just did, because now you're building better neuromuscular pathways to find this yourself. So I don't want you to have to rely on me to do it. 
I give them the tools to be able to do it themselves. So through that, then they're building the strength of their postural muscles. What that is enabling them, like we spoke about before, is when you're in greater posture, when, when you're in greater posture, it becomes effortless to sustain it because you're in proper alignment. It's, it's not as hard work on the body to actually be in correct posture, but you have to learn that your body has to, cause it's been identified with the other way for so long. So once it's in, in, um, efficient posture, then it's, it's effortless to sustain it because now the body is generating greater internal energy and it's easier to hold this position. You're more engaged through your core. You're more connected to your center of being. And so all of this enables you to have energy for longer. <laughs> so well said. Yeah. It's, uh, you, you have a magical way of, of speaking about this topic. And I'm, obviously, it's been probably from years of, of experience. But I feel like we could speak <laughs> about this for, for hours. It's, it's, oh, I love it's it. fascinating. <laughs> so fascinating. So are there, um, because I definitely want to, I want to respect your time and I want to, I want to get into some of your own practices as well, um, mm -hmm. uh, in, in general in your mental fitness. But before that, are there any kind of quick tips that, you know, the listeners can at least try, uh, on their own right now that to make a difference. I mean, I would highly recommend that the prompt of just, uh, am I slouching? I mean, I've noticeably uh, seen a difference there, but are, are there anything like that, that people can try? Yes. So we're at whatever you're doing right now, actually some people, this won't work if you're walking and listening to the podcast, but if you're sitting, um, I want you to stand up and the best way to take a quick snapshot of posture is stand up. If your knees are locked out, so if your legs are, there's no bend in your knees right now, you've already stopped the flow of energy in your body. So the first thing I would do is subtly bend your knees. So there's a slight bend in your knees always. This is the first thing for posture because the moment you lock your knees out, your pelvis is going to be sitting too far forward. It starts to compress your lower back and it can cause a bunch of other things up the chain. So unlock the knees. The next thing is to feel your feet. Now, most of you are going to be on the outside of your feet or rolled on in onto the inside of the feet or too far into your heels or too far forward on your toes. And all of these things relate to where you are at in your life. <laughs> so wow. in, your, in your heels is you're stuck in your past and you're not stepping forward and through too far forward on your toes is a very anxious person. That's just future thinking constantly in the future and not actually in the present. When you find the balance between the heels and the toes, you are in the present moment. And all of this is about present moment awareness. Posture is being in the right spot brings you into the present moment. So find that in your feet. So just play around with, am I too far back? Am I too far forward? Am I on the outside or on the inside? And start to find some equilibrium there. There is a beautiful little system I would I, I have through the feet, but that's a very general way of just how to find the middle. And then from there, you want to just unlock your pelvis. So our hips move forward and back, forward and back. Just see if you can move your subtly back and forward. And again, Find somewhere that fits, that sits in the middle. 
So you're now just stacking like building blocks. The next bit we come to is the chest. Now, most people, when they're asked to stand in good posture, will just flare their chest open, right? Stick stick their boobs out. So that true. Is, and it's so wrong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's so wrong. So, you know, if you do that now, do it and you'll feel how unsustainable that is. So to the contrary, what I want you to do is actually find where your rib cage meets in the middle. So like where the breastbone comes down. And at that point, I want you to pull that rib cage back towards your spine. Very subtle. But as you do that, you're going to feel your lower belly tighten up a little bit. So by moving that rib cage back towards your spine, you've stacked it above your pelvis, which we've stacked nicely above our knees and our, our feet. So we're really on our base of support. We're in our center. And then from that position, it's such a subtle roll of the shoulders up, back, and down, which puts them where they should be. Very small movement. The shoulder movement is minuscule in the whole posture picture. And now have a feel at how that feels. See where energy, feel, feel where the blood's moving and just check in with that. So whenever you're standing to hail a cab or you're standing waiting for the train, are your knees bent or are they locked? Are you on your heels or are on your toes or are you somewhere in the middle? Where's your pelvis? Where's your rib cage? And then where's your head? So quite often when we're stuck back in our heels with our pelvis slumped, our head droops forward and we're looking down. And there's nothing fun to see down there. Anything wow. that's good in life is going to, it's in front of you sure. and you've got to be present and walk towards it. So there are a couple of cues you could use to help your standing. That's amazing. So thank you so much for, sh for sharing that with us. I, you You're know, there, there's just so, so many great nuggets in that. And one of the, one of the main things that I would love to, to stress with everyone listening, cause it, it goes to, you know, it relates to all of these type of practices that we, we've sp spoken about during this conversation and, and throughout all the other ones. Um, and it's when you said, you know, when you're waiting for a cab or if you're waiting, if you're doing something, it doesn't always have to be, you know, you scheduling out an hour of your time. Like these are things that you can do in your everyday. Absolutely. That's exactly right. To, so when I teach, when I work with people, it's like, I don't care what you're doing at the gym for one hour a day or, you know, an hour and a half or 45 minutes. To me, what happens for the rest of the 12 hours of the day that you're uh, up and breathing and, and doing stuff, that's so much more powerful and important than what you're doing at the gym. Because every moment you're sitting, standing, walking, there is, there's, that's where you start to implement it. And that is that idea of energy. If you're aware of that throughout the day, through very simple postures, then you're doing yourself the greatest service you possibly can. It will then make your hour session at the gym far more efficient. <laughs> sure. And so, yeah, it's, it can be included while you're brushing your teeth. Have a feel. Where's my weight on my feet? Are my knees locked? You know, start being present in your movement every day. This is what we call mind-body connection. Am I connected to my body at all points during the day? <laughs> 
So, it sounds so easy, but it's uh, like anything, you know, to build build that habit. But I love that there's just a few, you know, it boils down to a few you know, very simple prompts, right? And then that, that lead mm-hmm. to an action or, or a reflection of some sort. Uh, so helpful. Mm-hmm. I can't wait to uh, can't wait to add to to my arsenal of the am I slouching? I mean, I, yeah. I knew I knew that was just the tip, but <laughs> <laughs> and you know, most people will say so when they're first taught like how to stand in these positions or how to sit, they you know they come back being like, oh my my back's hurting, but in a different place. I'll say where, and they'll tell me, and and it's totally changed because it's actually the discomfort of of muscles waking up. <laughs> sure. Right. And so after, you know, very little time of doing that consistently, let's say one week, they then come back and they're like, wow, now when I'm sitting in the, like when I'm slouching, it's so uncomfortable, it's painful. So you can only recognize the discomfort of your position once you've reestablished your baseline. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a very good point, right? Just to set, set mm-hmm. some realistic expectations. Um, mm-hmm. the other thing that just blows me away with, with everything we're talking about, and it goes, it, it, it links very well too, with a lot of breathing meditations and, and just breath work in general. I mean, I almost feel like we're, we're going back, like these are just the regular operating, you know, of our body. Like we're talking about breathing, which we have to stay alive. We're talking about standing properly. I mean, it, it's not so it, basic, right? it's so basic, but it's, it's, uh-huh. it's life changing. And we've just, I guess, over the years have done so much, uh, cumulative damage that we don't even, we don't even realize that, you know, a couple, a couple fixes, um, or, or reflections or just being aware of, of this can, can make such a huge difference. I mean, it's the, I mean, it's the way the world though is taking us. So you could look at it where we're so connected now globally through all social media, through all these things. Yet what's the hardest thing for people to do is actually connect to someone in person. Yeah. So it's the, the same idea and it's just now taking into the body. You're exactly right. These are basic things. How do I stand properly to enable my breath? Because sure. breath is, breath is healing. Breath is actually what, mm what is the is the juice and fuel for the body and so yeah like it's not like how can how many push-ups can i do or how many kettlebells can i lift sure if you're not standing properly you're not breathing properly and then something's going to break down <laughs> yeah yeah for fair all right like i said i feel like i could speak with uh with you about this for for hours but i def- i definitely want to uh learn a little bit about like, what are some of the non-negotiables in, in your life when it comes to a daily, uh, or it doesn't have to be daily, but I mean, something that, you know, some of the mental fitness and physical fitness practices mm-hmm. that are in your life? Um, well, movement and meditation. Not a day is complete without both of them. Um, and then they're non-negotiables. That is like brushing my teeth. Okay. If I don't do it, I feel stinky. Sure, sure. <laughs> So um, I meditate and I have a, a movement practice and that changes, you know, it's, I'm not doing the same practice every day. It's, it's listening to my body and it's knowing what I need. So they are completely non-negotiable is my movement and meditation. Um, and the other thing is, is, is connection. So am I con- every day, if I have not connected with somebody on a deep level, 
I feel there's a component of me that feels unfulfilled. Uh, yeah, I can relate to that actually. Yeah. I've never thought about it in that way, but that's, uh, yeah. Wow. So there, there's some, there's some of my things. <laughs> absolutely. And you yeah. just, I, I guess I, I might know the answer to this, but I'll, I'll ask it anyway. But when, you know, when you're traveling or you're outside of, let's say New York, where, you know, l- let's be honest. I mean, we're, it's easier, right? When you're at home and you've got everything that you're used to, to kind of keep your routine going. So, but when you're traveling or rocked out of that routine, like how do you keep those practices going? Um, so easy. I mean, to do movement, I need such a small little piece of real estate somewhere that fits a yoga mat. Really, um, okay. I only need I only need my body um, and a mat, or not even that. If I'm in nature, I just need my body in nature. The meditation can be done anywhere. It doesn't need to be in a in a silent place. I mean, they I just carve out the time in the day. So these are practices that, you know, I mean, I can do them sitting on a plane. I can mm-hmm. meditate and I can find ways to move in my chair in certain ways. So okay. uh, it, it it's like they just <laughs> fit in everywhere. There's no, and that's the beautiful thing about these essential tools that help you. And that's why it's higher energy for longer. It's because you can do them anywhere, anytime. Yeah. Well, and it, uh, I get it. I get the, the idea too. You, you I mean, you, you don't allow yourself to create excuses not to do them. It, I mean, you obviously know the benefit of doing these practices and how you feel if you don't do it. So, you know, mm-hmm. something like a traveling or whatever the case, uh, whatever the situation is, I mean, it's just, well, like you said, it's, I mean, it's a non-negotiable. It's like brushing your teeth. We, you know, we still brush our teeth when we fly somewhere. So <laughs> yeah, you've got to but prioritize you know, I'm it. I'm under no illusion that, you know, that's just the way I've, I'm so into the movement because I understand how good it makes me feel. A lot yeah. of people haven't had that experience and actually have a really negative connotation associated with, with exercise. So that's actually why I don't even call it exercise because it's just movement. It's like you move mm-hmm. every day. So do something movement based where you actually feel the immediate benefits. And that comes through doing a movement that where the, the, the physiology, where your frame is set up properly. So that, like I said, you already get that energy, that clarity, that power, all that, all those things you said you feel when you just come out of slouching. Mm-hmm. And so it need only be five minutes to start with the day. But I guarantee you, if you do five minutes a day and, and feel those benefits, the five will become 10 without you even thinking about it. The 10 will become 15. And before you know it, you'll have, you know, a 20 minute morning movement practice. Amazing. Yeah, I can definitely uh, validate that. Um, with with all of these practices, I think, I feel like that's, they, they just open you up to A, being open to other things, but B, also just, you know, you know, finding, finding the right time and place. And I, I, I don't know, I, it, it just, it just becomes so much easier uh, as it goes, right? And it almost yeah, seems like uh, there's no end in, in sight, which is, which is comforting and, and nice because you just feel like you're always evolving and growing as, as a, as a person. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, look, like it's you walk every day, most people, right? Even if it's just walking to your car, to sit in your car, to drive to work. So, you know, as you're walking to that car, how are you walking <laughs> when you're sitting in that car? Where's the position of your pelvis? What's going on? Are your shoulders slouching? I mean, there's already just a start to practice. You know what I mean? Just becoming aware of your everyday movement is the beginning. 
Yeah. And if you do that, you're halfway there. Yeah. And and pick a pick a point in your day where it makes sense for you to start, I guess, is is kind of the key takeaway. Uh-huh. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. So Carla, yeah. I, I definitely want to grab your three questions. Um for us, your reflective questions, something or questions that you may ask yourself on a frequent basis or during, you know, big life changing events. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> my questions are, how am I feeling? How is my body feeling? And is there a connection or a correlation with both of them? Love that. (laughs) Amazing. Yeah. Those are great. Those are great. And they're perfectly, uh, they're perfectly aligned. Of course. (laughs) 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 That's my cheesy statement for the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wow. Uh, Last Mm. question for you, Carla, as we, as we sit here and and chat together, what are you most grateful for right now? Mm cheesy as it's going to sound, I'm grateful for my life. I'm, I'm, I'm in such a blessed position right now. I, I'm engaged and have a baby coming on the way. And, uh, there are always things that they were actually things I thought defined me mm-hmm. for years. It was like, wow, I haven't achieved anything because I don't have kids. I'm not married, you know, even though I was kicking goals with my work, but that aspect felt like, Oh, I haven't achieved anything. And so I, through my maturing here was like, well, you know what? (laughs) Every different relationship I've had keeps helping me grow. I keep becoming like a better person and understanding myself more through these relationships so I came to a point of acceptance of, you know what, it take, might take another 10 men before I find the one. And that's fine because I keep learning and I'm growing. And sure enough, once I'd accepted that, that there were going to be many more, the next one that came along was that one. <laughs> <laughs> and sure. so I'm so grateful that I've had the life that I've had, which has enabled me to just spend so much time learning and growing and it keeps providing for me. And so as long as I stay connected to myself, I actually feel very connected to everything and I'm very grateful that I can now see that. (laughs) What a beautiful, beautiful way to wrap up. I mean, it, 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 to me that, that, summarizes almost the whole conversation. So, so thank you for sharing that. Thank you. Um, I'm almost speechless with, uh, with the amount of amazing insight that you provided in in this conversation and, and some quick tips. And I think just providing a different way to look at a practice like this and, Again, something Mm -hmm. as as simple as, you know, how are we moving? How are you standing? What is your posture like? Uh, And and just the relation to your, basically your everyday quality of life and and your energy levels. It's just, it's so valuable. So Mm, thank you for the conversation. Thank you for providing uh, even more of this insight in the, in the pack within Keo. Um, Speaking from the whole community, I mean, 
we're so grateful for 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 that and on a, on a personal level too carla honestly just you know, thanks for being you and for following <laughs> from the very beginning following your intuition to you know make the move and follow your your various career changes and paths because um it, it's clear right through the whole journey you're you're helping so many people and inspiring many and we hope to obviously spread that love through through this podcast and our network as well so thanks for all those wonderful uh life decisions thank you thank you for starting here because i wouldn't have been able to share this with you otherwise how would we have met <laughs> you're right that is that is true <laughs> thank you yeah so thank you for what you're doing really great awesome well have yeah. a lovely day thank you you too